Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? First things first, and I am really glad to have you back for today's episodes. This will certainly be a great one. Today we bring you a new mini episode recapping day two of the FIBA World Cup. If you missed uh, the previous day coverage, make sure to tune in to the yesterday's episode. We had plenty of action today with groups B, C, F and G taking the court. And uh, we will go over everything that happened and the implications of it for the rest of the tournament. To not miss out on the, our new episodes and to stay up to date with everything that happens during the FIBA World Cup, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. Are you ready to get into it? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. We start with uh, Group B's game between South Sudan and Puerto Rico. At uh, halftime, South Sudan was up 10 in the uh, uh, up-tempo first half. South Sudan was 7 out of 10 from the three-point line, while Puerto Rico also had a good uh, first half of shooting. They were 7 out of 13 from deep. South Sudan's 70% field goal in the first half was the determinate factor for them to have the lead at halftime. In the third quarter, South Sudan was able to build up a 12-point lead, but uh, Puerto Rico went on an 11-0 run to cut the lead down to one point with uh, just under three minutes to play in the third. After a red-hot start from deep, South Sudan came back to Hertz and uh, shot one of four during the, this third quarter. A clutch 7-0 run by Puerto Rico tied the game at 74 with 2 minutes and 27 to play. Gabriel missed two clutch free throws, but Puerto Rico wasn't able to retake the lead and lost the ball with South Sudan scoring in a fast break to get the three points lead with one minute to play. Puerto Rico reduced the lead to one point. Gabriel lost the ball on the other end of the court and Puerto Rico retook the lead for the first time since the first quarter with 16 seconds left to play. South Sudan five second violation led to a turnover with Puerto Rico taking the three-point lead. Puerto Rico decided not to fall and Carlick Jones was able to tie the game at 81 with a three-pointer. On the other end, a fall was called with 0.3 seconds left, sending Romero to the line. He missed both free throws, sending the game into overtime, where Puerto Rico was the best team. Puerto Rico locked down the win, 101-96, led by a grand performance by Stephen Thompson that ended the game with 21 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, and 5 steals, including some clutch plays during overtime. The Buttons dream game ended up with their inexperience coming to the top in crunch time and uh, Puerto Rico being able to lock an important win for their aspirations to move into the top 16. For South Sudan, the fight for the African Olympic slot continues. We saw Carlick Jones being a huge piece for the South Sudanese team. They were able to compete in uh, this game as a team and with their ball movement, but having a go-to guy in crunch time elevates the, the ceiling of this roster. He ended the game with 38 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists and 4 steals and led all the players in efficiency. Umut has been more passive than uh, we have seen from him during the qualifiers, what is understandable with the arrivals of Gabriel and Jones, 
but him stepping up will certainly help this team moving forward. Of note in this game, Sotsudan shooting inconsistency after going 7 of 10 in the first half. They ended the second half and the overtime with 3 out of 16. And Puerto Rico rebounds that were dominant with 50 against 38, including the 23 offensive rebounds that were a big factor for them to lock this win. It was a good showing for South Sudan, but uh, an even better clutch performance by Puerto Rico. You can't really win when you lose the battle of the boards in such a significant way, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Puerto Rico had three players put up double-doubles with rebounds. So those three players alone uh, combined had the same amount of rebounds as the whole South Sudan team, basically. So it was a very good game, very exciting game with clutch baskets and clutch moments. Uh, South Sudan led for most of it, but uh, it was just a great comeback by Puerto Rico and getting the the overtime win. But overall, it was a, a very good game and very fun to watch, for sure. Next for South Sudan is China. A must-win game if they want to dream into moving to top 16. And also an important game for both teams' Olympic aspirations. Puerto Rico will be playing Serbia in a game between the two teams that uh, led this group after wins today. For Serbia, the game with China today started with China having a 6-0 start, but Serbia took control of the game and with a 25-8 run to win the first quarter, went into the second with uh, 11 points lead and never looked back, winning the game 105-63, led by Bogdan Bogdanovic with 14 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal and 1 block, and Nikola Milutinov with uh, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists and 3 steals. Bad news for Serbia was Petrushev leaving the game early with an ankle injury. For China, Zucci and uh, Zhao Rui were the top performance with uh, 12 and 7 points respectively and they really struggled to find ways to get uh, Kyle Anderson involved. How do you see them getting him more involved for these important games that uh, will be crucial for their aspirations to move into top 16? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they really need to get him involved. Uh, I understand that it can it can be tough at times because being the best player, I think uh, the, the other team's defenses will be very focused on him, but uh, they got to find, find a way to, to get him involved whether it's uh, having him as the primarily ball handler, uh, playing the pick and roll, and giving him the ball for him to make decisions because I believe he's the best playmaker on that team. So I really think he goes through that. But it's going to be tough because the other team's defenses are going to be very focused on him. But uh, about this game, I just think Serbia was able to get to the line very effectively. And then just their ball movement and the three-point shooting discrepancy between both teams uh, I think we're, we're the biggest factors here. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, Petrozev's injury is not super serious. Hopefully he can come back and, and perform for the rest of the World Cup. Getting Kyle Anderson to have a more active role and to be put into positions to succeed will certainly play a big role on China's aspirations to move into top 16 and also to lock an Olympic slot. But uh, with this Group B being led at the moment by Serbia and Puerto Rico after day one, let's now look into Group C games. We start with uh, Greece and Jordan. They Greece decided to start Thanasis in this game and their offense looked uh, somewhat clunky to start the game. Jordan was being able to compete with uh, 
them offensively and uh, were up 14-10 with uh, about six minutes played. But starting Tarasis brought Greece uh, an aggressive option, attacking the offensive glass early on. Greece reacted and kept Jordan scoreless for the last four minutes of the first quarter and they were leading 19-14 heading into the second. Greece kept slowly but surely improving their lead heading into the halftime with a 13-point lead, 33-46. It was a strong start from Jordan in the third quarter, starting the second half 14-8 and cutting the halftime deficit to six points, heading into the last quarter. Greece took over in the fourth quarter with a 13-3 run in the first five minutes of the the fourth, while the, the heavy minutes for Jordan starters were starting to be felt. And this is something that we see many times in the, the World Cup and this type of competitions that teams that don't have a lot of depth in the end of the games. They usually are lacking performance from their top players. In the end, Greece secured this win, 92-71. Jordan, like Angola in the day before, surprised with how competitive they were able to to be. They are certainly hopeful regarding their ability to compete for an Asiatic Asiatic slot, what uh, would be certainly a great achievement for them. And uh, if they were able to lock that Asiatic slot for the Olympic Games, I don't expect them to do so, but they show good basketball and they show a a combative team today. Aldwari and Ronda Ellis Jefferson were the bright spots for Jordan, with them scoring 14 and 24 points respectively, and both of them securing nine rebounds and three assists each. The Greek highlights uh, go to Larenzakis with 19 points and Rokopoulos with 10 points, seven assists, and two steals. Jordan had good moments despite the loss. What are your takes regarding Greece's performance? Well, Greece is a very good defensive team, and I think despite losing Mitoglu to do the injury. Uh, I expect them to continue with the same style of play, being a very good defensive team, uh, playing with uh, aggressiveness, and offensively just playing collectively. Uh, like you said, Lauren is with 19 points. I, I believe that in the next game, it will be somebody else stepping up and scoring because they don't really have a, a go-to guy offensively. So I think they're just going to share the ball and find the open guys and play collectively. Greece will play the United States next, while Jordan will have a game that uh, can be competitive against New Zealand, with both teams fighting for their first win on the tournament after New Zealand losing today against United States, despite having a good start with a 14-4 lead, playing with confidence and being physical defensively, as they always are. They did a good job defending United States transition game early on. USA was able to answer with a 15-4 run of their own, ending the first quarter with a one-point lead. At halftime, United States had a nine-point lead with uh, one more time. Ali Burton and Reeves spark off the bench being key for the Americans to step up and to take off the the game with their plus-minus being the best of the team at plus-15 and plus-13 respectively after the 20 minutes of the game. And this is something that we have been seeing over and over. Ali Burton and Reeves off the bench are providing very good minutes and being key players for this American team. We saw it on the friendly game against Germany. That was a very competitive one. And we again saw that happening today. Of course, New Zealand is not up there with Germany able to compete with this American team. But in the game that uh, they started somewhat slowly, it was again these players coming off the bench and providing them with good good minutes that uh, they needed to to be able to take o- take over the game. USA secured the 99-72 win with Paulo Banchero being the MVP of the game with 21 points, four rebounds, and one assist. 
while for New Zealand, Shea Eli was the highlight with 12 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists and 1 steal. Of note, the United States bench performance that outscored the starters 54-45. to 45. What caught your eye during this game? Just their depth and their versatility. I mean, they started off the game losing by double digits. I think it was 14-4 to 4 at one point. Uh, and then the bench came in and just they, they changed the game. Like you said, Reeves and Ali Burton giving that boost off the bench. They they played pretty good uh, since when once they came in, but uh, I just think they were a bit careless and sloppy, and they had way too many turnovers. And some of that is credit to New Zealand's defense, but uh, I just think that they played a kind of a bad game and they still won by twenty seven. So that just shows uh, how good this team really is. And if they can figure it out in the next few games, I think it's going to be scary then leading into the quarterfinals. But uh, I think they can do much better than what they did today. And they still won by basically 30 points. So just how deep they are and how versatile versatile all the, those players are, uh, I think it's just a, a big difference maker as far as them and the other teams. We know, and we have spoken about that, you are probably one of the highest experts out there on the Canada. And uh, we saw how well, and uh, a shout out to their coach that uh, is able to really put that in playing of, at a very high level. The way that they dominated France was very impressive. And yesterday on the episode, I was mentioning that uh, this can mean that we will have uh, United States-Canada in the semifinals and then the winner of that game can face Germany and Canada and Germany are looking like the two top three teams aside from United States and I, I believe you'll, you'll agree with me it comes down to the way that United States will have the ability to take care of the ball and to perform because talent-wise they are the number one team no doubt about that but yeah. these teams can't compete with them in the way that they can defend and the way that they can share the ball and the way that uh, they play very smart basketball and if United States goes again and has these mistakes that you were just mentioning, it can be a problem on those matchups. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think both USA and Canada play a bit similarly as far as being very good defensive teams. And then Canada has Shea, but I just think the difference is USA has more guys to go get a bucket at any point of the game. So I think they are pretty similar as far as yeah. like play style, but in the end, just USA just has more talent. But I think that would be a an amazing game for sure. Yeah, if the bracket does break like that, it will be a great second stage of the, the World Cup. And regardless of that, the talent is so big and we have so many good players and teams performing very well. This World Cup will be amazing and you guys should stick with us. We will be covering all the days of the action. We have United States and Greece leading this Group C. So now it's time to look into the Group F, the, the their first day, starting with Cape Verde against Georgia. Cape Verde started the game playing aggressive and they were all over the place. We even saw the giant Walter Tavares diving to the floor, fighting for a possession. They were able to start with a 8-2 run and kept Georgia out to only two points for almost six minutes to start the game. But Georgia was able to punch back and after being down 8-2, they ended the first quarter on an 18-3 run, leading 22-11, heading into the second quarter. Cape Verde's struggles to create were in full display and we had previewed that here that will be their biggest weakness against uh, Georgia that uh, is superior in terms of talent. They weren't able to find ways to score and we saw the defensive intensity that they brought into the game that it started to fade away and Georgia was able to start scoring at will. Cape Verde shot 21% from the, the field during the, the first half Georgia took the foot off the gas later and um, 
allowed Cape Verde to have a slightly better second half, ending the game shooting 30% from the floor, but those are really bad numbers with Georgia locking down the win 85-60 to 60, behind a good performance from Gogobadadze that uh, had 15 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists and 2 steals. This was the start that we expected from Georgia. Did you have any surprises from this game? No, not really. Uh, I was... Uh... I was expecting uh, a comfortable Georgia win. Uh, they have a, a great front court with a lot of options. So as far as Cape Verde's biggest threat, uh, Walter Tavares, I think they had the, the bodies to, to handle that. And they did. They, they dominated from start to finish. Uh, I think the key for Georgia going forward is if McFadden and um, Durasanadze can be those primary uh, creators and playmakers, because as far as the front go- front court goes, they they have everything they need. They have Shangelia, they have Gogabitaze, Sharmandini, they Mamu. They have a lot of options, so they are fine on that aspect. It's just about the the guard spots. They they really need those guys to produce. But uh, it was a an expected win, at least for me. And no no surprise. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what we need to be tracking with Georgia. But let's continue. And uh, next on the docket for Keep Verde is Venezuela in a game that we expect to be somewhat competitive, while Slovenia will be playing against Georgia in a game that is likely to decide the winner of this Group F, with uh, Slovenia being the favorites. The team led by Luka Doncic faced Venezuela today on a game with a high score during the, the first quarter, with uh, defenses being an afterthought and Venezuela leading after 10 minutes, 33 to 31. Venezuela shot 9 out of 13 from deep in the first quarter by itself, what was rather impressive to see. And they slowed down in the second quarter, but not by much. At halftime, the score was 56 for Slovenia. And Venezuela with a buzzer beater from behind the half court ended the first half with 51 points. Venezuela three-point shooting dropped to three out of 12 in the second quarter but they look ready to live and die by the by that shot and to they look to be willing to to be taking a, a bunch of three pointers at 22 to 12 third quarter allowed Slovenia to build a 15 point lead heading into the fourth quarter and ending the game with uh, 185 it was the final score that uh, locked the win for Slovenia behind as always uh, of the amazing Luka Doncic <laughs> that had 37 <laughs> points 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals and 1 block, while for Venezuela, Garlic Soho was their top scorer with 16 points, including shooting 4 out of uh, 7 from deep. Trying to score Slovenia in a high-scoring game probably won't be an easy task for anyone, so it was a tall task for Venezuela to be able to achieve that, but I like to see Venezuela going all-in and giving their best to try to compete. Yeah, me too. I loved it. Like That first score, I was like, wow, they're really competing at a high level with Slovenia, so th- that was awesome to watch. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah, but then look at Doncic. I mean, what can you do with him? Like, It shouldn't be that easy for nobody to play basketball, and it just makes it look so easy. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, similarly to um, to Puerto Rico game, like the the rebounding battle was just unfair here. Um, Slovenia is not even like a, a big team as far as having big guys, and they just out rebounded Venezuela by a lot. And then getting to the free throw line, and obviously Luka Doncic plays a, a big part in that because he gets to the line quite easily. But uh, yeah, Venezuela wasn't able to to match that and adjust. So that's why Slovenia was able to to get away with it in having a a 15-point win. But, uh, I mean, I was expecting uh, a Slovenia win and a comfortable one, but uh, I was 
positively surprised by Venezuela's effort and I, I, I actually enjoyed watching them. Exactly the same for me. I was very surprised with the way that Venezuela played. I enjoyed to watch this game and I'm, I'm very curious about their game with Cape Verde because I think Walter Tavares will give them a ton of trouble. I just wonder if Cape Verde, the rest of the team, will be able to, to do enough to contribute offensively to put up a fight against this Venezuela team. I think that game can be very interesting. We favor yeah. Venezuela and we spoke about that during our previews with our Venezuela but I think that can, can be quite interesting and especially if Venezuela is shooting like this uh, I don't know how Cape Verde is going to answer that so absolutely I, I think it could be very interesting uh, as far as Venezuela uh, the shooting aspect see if they can keep this up and for Cape Verde is really about just producing anything offensively outside of just Walter Tavares and I think that's the biggest key. But I, I do think it's going to be a very interesting game, for sure. Yeah, that's a game I will be watching. Slovenia and Georgia lead this Group F. And it is time we look into the last two games of the day from Group G, starting with the game between Brazil and Iran. Brazil came to the game with dominance and ended the first quarter ahead 12-33, leading at halftime 25-57. Unfortunately, in a non-very competitive game, we had a terrible news with Raul Neto suffering a non-contact injury and uh, he seems to have uh, a serious knee injury that um, won't allow him to play more during this World Cup. Those are very sad news. With uh, a team effort from uh, the Brazilian side, and uh, they were able to completely dominate this game, they are a team that is showing signs that they will be able to be very competitive, even with top Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching those games. The MVP of this game was Bruno Caboclo, with 16 points, 7 rebounds and 2 steals. While for Iran, Haddadi, who else was the, the best on the floor, with 10 points. Points, three rebounds, three assists, one block and one steal in only 16 minutes. Man, this uh, NATO injury, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, hopefully he, he gets better soon. Uh, we know those non-contact, non-contact injuries are just the worst, but uh, hopefully he can recover uh, at 100% and take his time. But uh, as far as Brazil goes, I mean, they do have options at the guard spot with Iago dos Santos and uh, Marcelinho Huertas. But uh, it just sucks to see a player go out like that. Uh, overall, I, I am very surp- not surprised. I, I'm very pleased with the way Brazil is playing. Uh, I think they're going to be a very competitive team for whoever they face. Uh, I'm really enjoying watching them play. So hopefully they can keep this up and, and just put up a fight against anybody. But uh, yeah, man, it, it totally sucks to see Rolnet to go down like that. Yeah, that's really sad. And for Brazil, they play with Spain next in a game that uh, should decide the winners of this Group G and can be very important for the aspiration of this team to move into the quarterfinals on their next group. While uh, Iran will fight with Cote d'Ivoire, in a game that should be competitive and where the outcome will be important for these teams. Today we saw Cote d'Ivoire losing to Spain, 94-64. Spain had a dominant start, building a 16-4 lead. Cote d'Ivoire was able to respond with a 10-2 run. Rudy Fernandes stepped in off the bench and uh, brought some stability to Spain. He was very important early on into this game and the first quarter ended 24-17. With a 29-17 second quarter, Spain went into halftime with a 53-34 to 34 lead, dominating the battle of the rebounds, 26-12, to 12, and ending the first half with impressive 18 assists. In the end of the game, Spain, 17 offensive rebounds and 29 assists set them apart in this game, and especially the assists numbers that is a representation of the unselfish brand of basketball that they play. Willian Gomez was the game MVP 
with uh, 22 points, five rebounds, one assist and one steal. But also of note, Juan Nunez, eight assists during this game. Impressive for a 19 years old. Spain performance was what we expect from them. What not did you make of Cote d'Ivoire performance, you? Well, as far as Spain, it's basically what you said. I mean, great basketball, ball movement and great defense. So that's what I expect from Spain throughout the, the tournament. As far as Ivory Coast and looking into this game specifically, uh, I think they, they need to do a better job fighting on the boards and getting to the free throw line if they want to have a chance at winning some games. Uh, I expect them to, to beat Iran, but uh, they definitely need to, to improve on these aspects to be able to to do that. That's absolutely on point. We had a lot of action today. Tomorrow we start with two very good games. First game of the day is Italy-Dominican Republic, a game that probably will decide the winner of that group, followed by an Australia-Germany that probably will decide the winner of that group and should be a very high-level game. Next, we have Montenegro-Egypt, Lebanon-Canada, Philippines-Angola, followed by Japan-Finland, Lithuania-Mexico, and we end the day with a very intriguing France-Latvia. This takes us to the end of another day of action. Tune in tomorrow to find out what happened on day three of the FIBA World Cup and what you can expect moving forward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague. My name is Andre and I will be talking with you guys tomorrow. Bye guys. See you on next episode.